0: can't go Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 22nd, 2010. Now newcomers, as always, I suggest you look into Cutting Through the website and help yourself to the hundreds of hours of talks I've given over the past few years. And Remember, too, all those sites you'll see listed there are good alternate sites, either official sites, but alternate sites in case you find sticking on download from the comm site. Lots of folk go into the comm site at the same time, and sometimes that happens. They all carry the same audios. They all carry a lot of transcripts in English for prints up as well, and if you want transcripts in other languages and audio, you can go to EU, and you'll you find a whole bunch of languages to choose from there and while you're at it to remember that you bring me to you you're the audience and I don't ask for advertisers actually I get approached by them of course but I don't take advertisers cash and that's how most hosts survive and that's okay but I think to an extent you have to bring a lot of guests on etc and technically the audience is listening to an hour's ad well whether they know it or not and therefore I turned down the lucrative side of it. It's up to you to support me. You can do so by buying the books and this and so on I have at com. And from the US to Canada, you can use a personal check to Canada. That works fine. You can also use an international postal money order from your post office. I stress international. And uh, you can use cash. And some people use PayPal, too to purchase or donate. you see a donate button there. Just send me the donation, the appropriate donation, and the price list is all there too, of course. And a separate email with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Across the rest of the world, same idea, with the addition of Western Union for wiring money. As kind of steep. Uh, MoneyGram is cheaper, I believe. And you can also send it uh, a check form from MoneyGram too, by post, um, cash, cash, or PayPal to donate or to purchase. I stress again, to to purchase through PayPal, send the donation and a separate email following it with your name, address, and the order, and I'll get it out to you very quickly. Mucho pronto, as they say. Anyway... We've gone on about the New World Order for years because it's, a, it's always in transformation to the next stage of it. People think it's always, and they've always thought this, I'd be surprised, that they're always looking for some sort of cataclysmic event and seeing when will it all come down and the world will change forever? It's been happening your whole life long, and it's done incrementally on a thousand fronts, generally all at the same time every other day. It's just that you never hear about it in the mainstream until long after it's happened through treaties, and various organizations, foundations, think tanks working together towards a common goal. And your, your teaching, too, changes down through the years because you're upgraded. Every generation who goes into school gets upgraded for what they will experience and indoctrinated for the experiences they will experience in their lives, which are different from those who went before, because we're living to an agenda. And that's what people will fail to understand over and over again. We're living through an agenda, even though the big boys, many of the big boys who worked on their, their part of the agenda in their own time, as far back as 50 or even 100 years ago, outlines it in their biographies, and they love to boast about it. And, and they also know, too, strangely enough, that most folk can read those biographies and say, well, they don't really mean it. You know, they, they say these things, but they don't really mean it. You see, that's a choice that you come to. You don't really want to believe it So that's what you're really saying to yourself I don't want to believe that so I won't It makes me too uncomfortable To think we're going into a totalitarian form of of living If you'll call it living And a regimented lifestyle from birth to death It's a it's kind of nasty unpleasant thing to look at But some folk will love their slavery Back with more after this break We're back, cutting through the matrix, and just mentioning off the top that um, most folk really are climatized through, again, various religions, uh, like like Revelation, that type of thing, that the end comes, the end of everything that they know as a system or a world or a reality comes to an end in a flash all of a sudden. And that might happen when you get the brain chip, mind you, and I'm not kidding about that. That certainly could happen. However, apart from that, they don't realize that the world is changing all the time, and it's planned that way. It's planned that way. And the World Health Organization, for instance, really has been behind so many changes in your lives, and you don't even know it through various agreements and ratifications and even outright treaties. That they've got had people sign across the world. They brought in the war against tobacco, and that's why the prices skyrocketed every country, the war against obesity, and that's why eventually you'll all have to get weighed and checked throughout your lives, and your children are already getting that in some countries that are more socialist, like Britain. And there's much more to come. Uh, The whole uh, inoculation campaign and upgrading all your inoculations frequently as they still come out yet because i have signed a lot of treaties about that too. So sometimes they don't call them treaties, they call them agreements, and then they hand them the treaty (laughs) and they sign them. So that becomes law. People don't realize that so much that's happening in their lives is because there's a United Nations that has a branch of government equivalent to every branch that you have in your federal government, even bigger, in fact. And they, they were set up to become not just a meeting place to hammer out disagreements and so on, but to actually be at the, the form of a global government idea. That's what they call it governance, to throw you off, meaning the countries still have a kind of sort of a semi-autonomy, but not really at the same time. It's one of these double-think things, you see. And we know, for instance, that uh, the United Nations is, was all behind the unification of Europe. They're all behind the unification of the Americas and the Pacific Rim region as well. Uh, they're all behind all of that. Why? Because the same guys who created the United Nations uh, created uh, th- those particular ideas as well for unification. Three massive trading blocks under a world government. Karl Marx talked about it. And Marx was funded by the same bankers that helped fund the United Nations and the Milner Group and all the rest of it that became the Royal Institute for International Affairs. They have branches in every country. And they have members in governments in every country. And every prime minister and every president is a member of it too. Whether you want to call it that name or the Council on Foreign Relations or one of the handful of different names they use for different countries, it's all the same thing. And most folk even find it hard to believe that people can with such organization and, and such money too. Because remember, the Milner Group that became part of the Royal Institute for International, they, they were actually made up of international bankers. That's, that's bankers, private bankers that lend to nations, you see. And they have the money and the organization and the agenda and the think tanks and the foundations to make it happen. They can set up any foundation they want with one particular goal and hire, retire, hire, retire generations until it's accomplished. If it, even if it takes 200 years, they'll still do it. What can compete with that in this system where money rules? Nothing. Nothing can compete with that, you see. Can't be done. If you're playing by the rules, you cannot cannot be done. It's impossible. You know, as I say, Beria, who was the NKVD police chief for the Soviet Union, the early Soviet Union, the Bolshevik regime, and he was the head guy who talked to the Comintern groups that went over to Russia. That was international communism and the Young Communist Leagues and so on. They would go over there and get their marching orders and their speeches and wined and dined and shown beautiful areas of Moscow, but never the prison camps, that kind of stuff. And they come back and be all full of zeal to bring this wonderful free society back to the Western countries with them. Well, Beria in '34 said that um, using techniques that Pavlov helped create and it was well known by the world press that Pavlov was given such incredible status. In fact, that he was hailed as a hero in the West as well because of his, his ways of finding of ways of, of, um, creating conditional, conditioned responses and reflexes and so on, um, indoctrination into, and, and, so, and even breaking down not just animals, but people ways to break them literally down psychologically and then reprogram them to do whatever he wanted them to do. That's what he was really hailed as. Well, anyway, he worked uh, hard with big teams of scientists from across the world, by the way. In fact, H.G. Wells loved Pavlov so much that when he visited him, and that was his hero, he left his son with him to be trained by Pavlov. And his son eventually became a zoologist, of all things, and then uh, worked in New York, and I think with the United Nations as well. But anyway, that's by the by, that's just off my head here as I ramble on. Getting back to the point, uh, Beria said that at that time, 1934, it used to take a generation, 70 years, he said, to change anything within society, um, be it towards free love, which they were pushing in the late 1800s via H.G. Wells, and then the Fabian Society that he helped found in the early 1900s, and to destroy the family unit, for instance. That was the goal of it and to detach the emotional bonding part of family or mating and separate sexual act completely, so it's a separate act altogether with no emotion involved. That's where you are today, and that's where it all came from. That's why it was pushed from the top down. Because government cannot feel safe and secure until it's destroyed the family unit, and then government can talk right to you individually by your computer or whatever else. In fact, some governments already have it set up that they can contact you by your computer and your email or your phone. There's going to be a lot more of that shortly. You'll hear it push more and more until it's mandatory. And Beria said that, um, as it's in 34, he said that, but now he says with our techniques today, we can literally upgrade the children for what they'll be expected to see and experience in their lifetime every four or five years. Now remember, they were working towards 50-year and 100-year plans, different parts of plans for societal change. So every intake of children uh, with their lifespan expected would be indoctrinated for exactly those changes they would see in their lifetime. And so they'd be indoctrinated early and they would accept the changes as though they were quite natural. That's how perfected it was back then. Can you imagine how perfect it is today? And it wasn't just happening there too. It was happening across the Western world. And they brought in different groups from, say, Frankfurt and Germany, and, or, and the, the Frankfurt School, it came from the old Vienna School, in fact, in actuality, behavior modification. And they also work towards it to change the West through even more subtle means, but using the, getting to the same goals, basically. Nothing happens by itself. It's promoted from the top down. It doesn't happen by itself at all. The people grab a hold of that which fascinates them or appeals to them, especially if they think it's, it's a breaking from the past and giving them freedom. They grab it. And believe you me, you can be enticed into servitude, like Huxley said, Aldous Huxley. And you can come to love your servitude because you become familiar with anything, anything that you think you're deciding for yourself. When in actuality, you're doing what everybody else has been guided to do at the same time. That's how culture has changed. Now, in the world that we live in, We're bombarded with mainstream media. Now, that's about all we get is mainstream. Most stories come from mainstream, even on the Internet. And people can't even read the stories properly. They don't know what they're reading, how they're reading it. They don't even stop to say, why is it presented this way, for instance, or look at the ads down the right-hand side of it. And You'll find often, for instance, that you're being induced into a form of schizophrenia. Sometimes things by really terrible stories, for instance, and down the side it 's all the boob babes and who 's got, got a got a boob lift and a face lift and all the rest of the lifts that they get these days and you don 't realize that, that that anything can be made into a kind of mush, something that 's tragic or sad or bad or whatever can be turned into a, a form of mush in your mind, you see until that becomes surrealistic in itself and uh, so that the horror is mixed up with with sex and happiness and all that kind of stuff. It becomes vague, uh, surrealistic, as I say, schizoid. And that's part of psychological warfare. All the media uses it today. And Britain, of course, like all other things, spearheaded the techniques for media control. They've been at this for a long, long time. You don't realize <laughs> the work that um, that geopolitics puts out from countries like Britain... When you read the writings of Lawrence, that's Lawrence of Arabia. When you read his writings, like the Seven Pillars of Wisdom, for instance, you'll you'll see that he talks about being sent over, trained, picked at, at university, uh, and sent over with a whole group of uh, his peer group. Basically, they're all taught Arabic and various Aramaic languages and dialects, and they were given lots of cash to set up uh, newspapers to give to the, to the Arabian peoples. And they hired hundreds of locals who would do anything for cash in, a, in a poverty-stricken countries, and they go around bazaars and so on and listen to the gossip to see what they were saying about the stories they'd implanted in, the, in their papers. It's all, remember, this is all pre-internet, obviously, that they, they did the same thing back then. Is this working? Are they picking up on it? Today it's easy. Because compared to today, this has to do with a sudden trend. In fact, you're putting all the data into computers. It's automatically sectioned off into certain sections, and they, can, they know what's trending and all the rest of it. They create the trends, then they see if it's working well and how many hits they get, etc. to see if it's working on you. And from those trends and so on, they can predict if there's behavior modification and and even attitude modification involved in those trends and sunk and embedded in the articles, they can predict with pretty good certainty that a good portion of those people who read it will start to chat about it and then they will become more politically correct in the new uh, direction that's being pushed, wherever it may be. I'll be back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix Just rambling a bit before the the start of tonight's topics, but maybe it ties in I don't prepare the shows, so I just talk off the top of my head And uh, today I was doing a lot of stuff outside, which was necessary Regardless, I don't have time to just hunt and spend the time on the internet and so on But really, most stories are really, in a sense, irrelevant they're given up by mainstream because tomorrow there'll be a whole bunch of new stories and stories, stories go on forever, endless stories, the never-ending story. That's what you live in, you see. And if we can't do anything about most things, what's the point? Because people haven't quite got it under their into their heads yet that you're under complete authoritarianism, and you have been for quite some time, quite some time. We don't even get the. the the pretense anymore that uh, governments are even serving you that doesn't even exist anymore and of course the Club of Rome came up with an idea too and the guys who set up the League of Nations and then the United Nations the same boys set it up uh, said they'd have to bring in authoritarian governments because people wouldn't simply obey uh, them and and voluntarily be sterilized for instance um, reduce the population eat less and and, uh, work harder and uh, share the money abroad the whole Marxist idea from the, the manifesto was to be pushed across the world, the world by the bankers by the way it's much easier as I've said before for bankers who lend to nations to um, have governments be the, the, the collector for the cash this due, and put the taxpayer down as um, the guarantor for all these loans that never get paid back and they, they love that it saves them sending up their henchmen and getting beaten up, and, and some, some, some of them get hurt and all the rest of it. As far as you get governments to authorize it, and that's why all your banks borrow from private banks and so on, with compound interest, when they could easily print their own money and then sell it to the banks, cover their costs, and basically you wouldn't, they wouldn't even have to tax you for most things. That happened at one time. They didn't have to tax your income and stuff like that. And by the way, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, proudly saying in their own... own um, website, that they were the guys who brought in the bills in all countries for personal income taxes and property taxes. You see, they knew. They were all for the the Marxist ideal uh, society, controlled society, where experts would rule it, scientists and so on would rule and be the bosses, with right intelligentsia, acting as politicians, Uh, They're all for that society. And that's why Professor Carl Quigley, who was a historian for the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, said as much. He said that um, that, uh, uh, the new system would be a feudalistic type system where CEOs, professionals and so on would rule the world. And again, he, he touched on the fact to be authoritarian type of society. They couldn't just cajole people or humor you into, uh, sending your own death warrant. You'd have to uh, be forced into doing it, basically. And he agreed with them, too. He was a member of them. He thought it was a good, uh, everything they said was a good idea. He didn't agree with some of their methods, but he didn't agree to, didn't disagree about the, uh, their ends. So, you know, the United Nations was set up, as I say, to help bring population down and under control for a a global governorship to control easily. Too many people, you see, have always terrified the elites in all ages. Sometimes, of course, in big wars, as they're trying to take over and, and gain more territory and having a feud amongst themselves, as they have done in the past, they would need as many peasants as they could to throw over the trenches and be slaughtered. Uh, the idea being that if you've got ten guys at the end of the show uh, and the, the enemy's got nine, then technically you've won the battle. And that's literally how they ran World War I, all by numbers. But now you see, that now they've got the world government pretty well here, we're all global, it's in all the papers all the time. Uh, then they don't need you, and they want to go ahead with this really planned society, this scientifically run society. And that's why all the goodies, all the goodies and and things you should take for granted have been taken away from you now. And you have to change and modify your behavior. You already have, by the way, because the easiest way to modify behavior is to place something in your environment that wasn't there before. Like the computer. How how many hours per day do you sit glued to that silly thing? Typing away your life and putting all your data out there or texting people and all that kind of nonsense. And of course the NSA gathers every single scrap that you put in there and has a complete profile on your daily activity. And that gets put into your personality profile and your virtual reality you. And you're already, you're, you're loving your servitude because it's fun, isn't it? This part's fun. You never thought it'd be fun to serve. And wait, wait till it keeps, it goes even deeper though, as it's going to. Now, the United Nations also, they say, through its various um, um, agreements and charters that everybody signs and treaties. I don't like the word a treaty, but sometimes they'll use it. Um, also want to control your everybody's health and so on. As to be a, um, they've even got it down in the World Health Organization. that Everyone in the world is entitled to the basic, basic health care, basic, I'm talking about minimal health care. That's why you're all dropping in the West as well. Because you all sign these agreements. And you re-sign them every year, by the way. These least the guys you think you elect. They were the guy, they were ones, too, who uh, who praised China. China um, is the model state, by the way. And the, and the UN has said that quite a few times. China is the model state for the world to emulate. I hope you realize that. China is not... It, well, even We're not either democratic, but they don't even pretend they're democratic. And we'll read a little story about China when I come back from this break to see how it's to go for you. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and just talking about China and how it's the model state for the world to emulate, and how really um, it's a darling, as I say, it's a darling in the United Nations. Uh, They, they for instance, got a hold of the one-child-per-family policy early on, they ran with it, of course, because he understands the United Nations uses all the communist tactics and Quigley himself said that the CFR is often mistaken for uh, communism. Because, of, Well, why is that? It's because the goals are the same. In fact, they worked with the communists too. They set them up. Uh, and that's another story, of course, with the bankers funding them. Professor Anthony Sutton did a good job on Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution. Worth having a, a read. But anyway, here's the story here. And it says, from a mail online, and there's more to it than meets the eye, and I mean that literally, and I'll explain that after I've read this article. It says, China forces women into abortion at eight months for breaching a one-child policy. Uh, and it says here, an 8 months pregnant woman was dragged from her home and forced to have an abortion because she'd broken China's one-child-per-family law. Twelve government officials entered xia Ailing's uh, Aings, a house where they hit and kicked her in the stomach before taking her kicking and screaming to hospital. There the 36-year-old was restrained as doctors injected her with a drug to kill the unborn baby. See, that's pure socialism, and you that's where you're going. As you're playing yourselves right now, it's all happy. That's actually where you're going. You're almost there, in fact. Anyway, it says, her husband, uh, Luo Yangwan, a construction worker, yesterday described the moment officials burst in his family home. They held her hands by her back and pushed her head against the wall and kicked her in the stomach, he said. I don't know if they were trying to give her a miscarriage. Our ten-year-old daughter has been excited about having a little brother or sister, but I don't know how I can explain to her what has happened. He recalled how a month before the child was due to be born, officials told the couple they weren't allowed to have another baby because they already have a daughter. His wife, who was filmed in hospital with large bruises in her arms and a dead child still inside her, said, I have this baby, feeling it moving around and around my, baby, my belly. Can you imagine how I feel now? The harrowing experience in Siming, near the city of Xiamen, southwest China, on October the 10th, comes a month after the government in Beijing said there would be no relaxation in strict family planning laws. And that's the live part, the strict family planning laws. It says the policy leads to an estimated 13 million abortions every year, with many of those ordered by local authorities. Infanticide is also widespread in many rural areas. Because they don't want, they can't afford to get kicked up, duffed up, and beaten up and fined. Those who violate the one-child law can be fined up to £25,000. But two decades of economic boom... Mean many middle-class parents now earn enough to pay the fine to expand their family. You understand the communism is or socialism? We call it what you want. It's all the same thing. Uh, new world order. Um, the war on terror. It's all the same thing. The club of Rome. Authoritarianist societies. That's all the same thing. It's all the same. It's all one. It is all one. You see. And. You can have uh, extra children if you can afford it, because obviously it means that you're upper class and middle class. You're up amongst the higher wage earners. Therefore, you've got better genes. That's how they say it, you see. Remember George Bernard Shaw and all the rest of these guys in Wells and so on, all the way down through the, the founder uh, or the head CEO of UNESCO, the lovely United Nations educational bunch that give you all your education for the for the world. And he said the same thing, that um, there's no, no problem understanding there was different classes, different intellects, and so on, and that the feeble-minded shouldn't be allowed to breed, basically, and those at the bottom of the heap. So anyway, it says here, for those without cash and connections like the Luos, gruesome summary justice is meted out. Forced abortions are banned under Chinese law, but doesn't prohibit or define late-term abortions. And even though they say that it doesn't prohibit or define... And, uh, and forced abortions are banned as lies because the guys who brought you the anti-smoking campaigns and worked out the Pavlovian techniques to, to put across in public relations, marketing, propaganda, uh, wrote a book about how successful they were, and they were behind apparently the same technique of creating social disapproval in China. Whereas before, used uh, you always send a militia in to grab a woman who was pregnant with a second child. Now the neighbors generally grab you and, and pull you in because they make it socially unacceptable. And you can train the public to do anything, folks. And that means in any country as well. You better remember that. In any country as well. Social disapproval. So you can create social approval and social disapproval. And these guys boasted about it, and they had done that for the United Nations. And they were not Chinese. It says, the couple of fear official retribution after making their ordeal public on a blog. Ordinary Chinese have expressed disgust at the Lewis ordeal, leaving the family planning officials cruel and inhuman. Inhumane, I guess it means. Now, so you get that story, and I talked earlier about the, the kaleidoscopic, um, psychedelic, Uh, surrealistic way that news is presented because right on the right hand side of the page this is an article about something that's going to hit a lot of people in the western world when you will find the same thing is going to be implemented here there's debates going on all the time i've mentioned them from top professors on the bbc on euthanasia and uh, sterilization forced and all the rest of it so you better believe it is coming here it's to be a world agenda a world agenda and they use the people who are so used to authoritarianism in their entire history regardless of what they call themselves they use that as a big experimental basin and that was China but it's coming everywhere else very fast as they push the global warming or cooling or whatever or high CO2 and you're all eating too much and they take all the small farms away so they've been doing for 40 odd years and the big boys are going to ration you and jack up all their prices at the same time so they'll really lose nothing but here's, an, here's all the articles on the right side of this page here, you see. Female today. And it's got a story about Michael Douglas and his cancer treatment. And then Cher Lloyd becomes victim of malicious YouTube hate campaign. So the, the X Factor contestant is accused of being a bully or something. Uh, David Williams, um, Lara Stone's Calvin Klein Jeans banned um, in Australia for being suggestive of rape think i 'm having a boy says Abby Clancy. now this is next to something that really makes should make your hair stand up on end. Can you imagine some of your, your government bursting in your house and dragging off your wife eight months pregnant after beating her up and there 's nothing you can do about it there 's no there 's no counter suit or nothing like that nothing and then you read down again and um uh, strictly too low cut Ashley Dixon flashes her cleavage on stage at Britain's next talk blah 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 uh, this is the trivia that, that accompanies this and that's there on purpose folks that's all there on purpose that these particular sexy type articles are all there next to this main story and you've been watching this kind of stuff your whole life and having no idea that it puts you into a schizoid attitude towards the article I've just read. Almost neutral, you see. You've been trained. You've been trained your whole life long. And you don't know it. You can always, as I say, when, the, when something's exposed, it's often used as a cover, even the exposure itself. And there's one article about David Kelly. Now, David Kelly was found uh, supposedly suicided in a forest, and he was going to testify in one of the largest, the biggest, highest inquiries in Britain to do with Tony Blair and the war on terror and the war against Iraq. Top man, scientist himself, a UN weapons inspector as well, but he'd also worked with Israel for Britain on various bacterial and viral warfare projects. This guy was high up there. And, of course, nothing made sense at the time with official story. Official stories always stink, even the latest one they've given out on 7-7, where they still can't get the trains right for these guys supposedly gone, even though the trains were all late, and some of them were even cancelled, apparently. But anyway, what does fact have to do with uh, stories? But this says David Kelly, and then it says conspiracy theories. Right off the bat, now, when you see conspiracy theories, as we see, the New Age used to have their, their their big, big meetings all over the place. They'd talk about conspiracies and stuff mixed with the New Age and the light coming in from the cosmos and we'd all wake up and yadda yadda and they'd sell their crystals or whatever was was thing at that time. And it was a kind of circus. And now you even have patriot circuses that are similar with the same kind of people involved in it. All kind of New Agey as well. but They listen to, to the factual stuff as well, but they like the fascinating stuff too. So a conspiracy theory, you see, is, is, has been labeled and pushed on them from the top, from the top down, authorized from the top. to call them conspiracy theories and eventually it will be kind of like a lunatic. So anyway, conspiracy theories here. Conspiracy theorists believe that Dr. David Kelly, who was found dead after being identified as a, a leak, who criticized the claim that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction that could be fired in 45 minutes, did not kill himself. Then they give some examples of conspiracy theories, you see. Now believe you me, if it was something uh, on a different topic that they wanted you to think otherwise about, they'd say doubting Thomas or something like that, but they would not say conspiracy theorists. Our official story makes no sense. That would be the headline. But anyway, it says here, because I've just announced again after another, another inquiry into this, you see, that a more official story that makes as much sense as the first story, which is no sense at all. And it says, why did they detect it? And goes through all the different points and so on about the cut wrists and, and why did it cut this wrist? And, and the last, the last inquiry said that these, these cuts wouldn't have killed them anyway. Well, they've changed their mind again and said, what they did. And, and so on and so on and so on. And why they put a 70 year ban into the release of post mortem examination uh, documents. So why would they use conspiracy theories for that? Conspiracy theories. It's, it's like a movement, you see. Conspiracy theories today is a movement. It's like the UFO cults in the 60s and the 70s and the, and the big events that they had for people who would travel from to different countries for meetings, especially in the States, and buy all their badges and, and all their little alien dolls and that, and they'd buy everything. It was like a big extravaganza. They enjoyed it, and that was their thing at the time. That was a religion for them. And that's conspiracy theories. And unfortunately, with conspiracy theories, when you, when you mention the facts, the facts from their own books at the top, and their own documentation from the top, or the United Nations documentation from the top, and those who set up the documentation for the United Nations from the top, you're now lumped in as a conspiracy theorist. Because you'll find other people are put out there deliberately. And that's what's called counterintelligence, to grab the stuff that's circulating this dangerous say it all, get well-funded into popularity, and then they spin it off into outer space or something like that. Or it's the aliens. You know what I mean. So anyway, that's how they, they, they do it. Now, everyone's heard, too, about the the group who put out all, so much the the fake uh, hockey stick uh, climate change graphs and that was the University of East Anglia. And uh, they're still at it, by the way, in other ways too. Because you didn't know that they also had another organization attached to this. Because, you see, this whole weather scam isn't to do just with depopulation, mandatory sterilization. It's also to do, as I say, with the restriction of food. They've been on about this for years. Years. They put out articles over the past, many, many articles over how much it takes to, how much grass it takes to feed a cow. Or a, or a, or a beef bowl or whatever, like that, or, or, or make cheese and so on. It's bad for the environment. Because you see, they you've all to go vegetarian totally eventually. Eventually, totally. You know, Hitler was vegetarian as well. You know, Benjamin Franklin became one too. They all had one thing in common. That they belonged to a particular society. Anyway, it says here, Mail online, no more beef and cheese, go vegetarian by order of government food, please. Now this is how it's presented in the paper, right? It's a mail online. And it says, wholesale changes to the nation's diet with a move towards vegetarian food and away from beef and cheese have been recommended by government advisors. Sounds very official, doesn't it? It says, report commissioned by the foods standard Agency. That's very efficient, very important. Food Standards Agency suggests that radical changes to what we eat and even how we cook. These include eating more seasonal produce to reduce transportation and switching to microwave ovens and pressure cookers to use less energy in preparing food. Out would grow beef, cheese, sugary foods and drinks such as tea, coffee and cocoa. In would come vegetables and pulses together with yogurt. So this Food Standards Agency says the switch is necessary as part of a move to a diet that is low in greenhouse gases, which are associated with climate change. Really, they haven't even proven it. The report compiled by a team from, guess where, the University of East Anglia, the ones who are getting all the millions of dollars in grants to give you the fake science data on climate change. Same bunch. And just before I I, I move from this article to show you how the cons work and propaganda, which is now called public relations, which is a science of your mind and how we control you and make you want things or change your mind about things. Go into Bernays and the writings of Bernays. Now, he wasn't the top guy. Believe me, someone taught Bernays, and it wasn't Uncle Freud. It was way bigger than Uncle Freud and older, too. And Bernays would start up, uh, if he wanted something to sell for a drug line, for instance, he would set up his own versions of the of Food and Drug Administration. In fact, that's where they got the idea from. So he said, he had the American Institute of blah, 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 you see. And then he would have it in the ad. The Institute of so-and-so of America has suggested that blah, blah, blah. And people would fall for it. And they're still using the same techniques today. So here's this FSA, you know, see. The Food Standards Agency, which is what? It's a branch of a university, of East Anglia, on climate change. Sounds official. It's like American Express, isn't it? Or FedEx. Anyway, it says the university was at the centre of allegations last year that it manipulated climate change data to magnify the problem and get their massive grants, because that's all they live on is massive grants. Before that, they couldn't get jobs as weather reporters on television stations, as that many of them. So nobody was going into it, make it popular in a crisis situation, and you turn to the experts and Superman emerges, lots of supermen, all on big grants, you see. And they've got to turn out scary data to keep the grants coming in. And they can't let it die off because it's a big part of the agenda to control the world, you see. And if it dies off, they'll lose all their big... We'll stop. We'll stop. We'll stop. We even stop watching the weather program, won't we? And they're at work, and they're living high on the hog right now. Anyway, it says this report called "Food and Climate Change" will be controversial, given that many people may balk at being told what they should eat in order to meet greenhouse gas reduction targets. It says here. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix just showing you how things are presented And how you're supposed to feel about something Most folk do feel things eventually, as I say But they're they're mixed up with the articles on the other side of the main topics Until the main topic becomes blurred And sometimes the horror is removed from it And it's mixed with a strange thing of sex or violence or something like that This is all a a psychological technique, you know and it causes a form of disassociation. So when the real, real things are happening to real people near you, it won't bother you either. And that's how it works. Conditions you many ways to condition you. Now I'm going to put an article up. Too. i put all these links up and cutting through the media.com at the end of the show. I'm going to put a link up too, to to uh, this um, the heads of the EU Parliament. And it's, it's amazing. You can't call it a parliament really. It's not democratic. The EU uh, new Soviet system. Uh, But um, it says here, um, Barroso admits to being elected by a secret vote. So there's nothing democratic about secret votes. But mind you, all British Commonwealth countries and Britain too have the same kind of things that go on in secret votes. They even have a a privy council, which is a private council, where members and uh, tycoons from big business are allowed in and the rest of the politicians are kept out, and they don't even tell the public who attended, and so on. So then these private votes and things. Democracy. (laughs) Anyway, it says here, in a speech about the latest EU plan to impose a new EU tax, Nigel Farage reminded the unelected president of the EU, and his unelected, President Barroso, that this was not EU money, but the UK's money. So Barroso lost his rag, eventually, because of the barrage from, from Farage, and he says he basically got up and he says, I was elected in a secret vote. He admitted to it. So you'll see it here on the video as well, if you want to see how modern democracy works. And uh, you see, it's, it's all going to an agenda. It's, I don't even give it the time of day when people say democ- democracy and read democracy, etc. It's a farce. It was always a farce. And people thought that the big wigs from the, the past ever intended to give up anything or their power, to the mob. Well, you live in some strange planet where Hollywood really has had an effect on your brain. Mm -hmm. Of course, the BBC does too. You don't need Hollywood for that. The BBC does a damn good job of it itself. CBC is the same for Canada. Tremendous job of propaganda. And, of course, updating for political correctness. That's what it gets paid for from the taxpayer. We don't pay them directly. We don't want to. We're not asked. It's taken from your cheques to pay them. Is government owned, like the BBC. And for the wonderful system of healthcare that's to be international, and the US is to get a taste of it shortly. Here's an article from Britain. When you get the minimal healthcare, according to the World Health Organization, six month delay by the National Health Service cost a woman cancer lifeline after tumours grew too big when she was waiting, you see. Six months breast cancer patient waited six months for the National Health Service to deal with her application for life-prolonging treatment, during which time her tumours grew too big to receive the therapy. Suzanne Lloyd wanted her health trust to fund pioneering treatment that promised to extend her life by two years. Three consultants made a formal request to National Health Service managers for the selective internal radiation therapy in February, but it took until the end of July for a primary care trust to turn down her request, seeing the £23,000 treatment was too expensive. During that time her tumour has developed to such an extent that she couldn't have it anyway. You see, everything works on who you are and true banker run socialism, folks. From Hamish myself, from Ontario, Canada, is good night, I mean your God or your gods go with you.